Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. You ever watch that scene in a movie where a guy's holding a gun and yelling? You're on my private property. Get off my fucking lawn. Maybe not that fun. I added that. Well, it wasn't always this way. (laughs) The land was not always owned and it was meant to be shared with everyone. So there are people, maybe you know some right now in your life, who are buying land in Costa Rica or Pescadero, New Mexico, Bali, or some other warmish climate near a water source. And they're turning it into a permaculture eco-village type situation loaded with their friends and family as they hunker down together for this wild, crazy future of the world. You may be thinking, holy fucking shit. I would never do that in a million years. Or you might be pinning to unplug from your own 24-7 desperate every-man-for-themselves survival game and jump into the woods with a bunch of like-minded people to share your every resource. So, Clitorati, let's discuss. If someone came to you and said, I have a beautiful piece of land, you'll have your own house, You'll be with like-minded people. You'll spend your time growing and preparing meals for the community instead of chained to your computer or laboring doing some service provider bullshit work for people you don't even know. Would you go for it? Yes. I definitely would. Yes. It depends how bougie it is, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you put it that way, it sounds nice, but do I really want to be living with other people? I just, like, don't. Well, you just said you'd have your own house. You'd just be living on the same land. How is that different than having neighbors, but you just like work together? So I was asked recently to buy a plot of land with four friends where we would share a pool and like a garden. And I don't know, for some reason, like the sharing a pool, like if I have a house with a pool, like I want it to be my own pool. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like having my own private space. Like when I go home, I don't want to be in a community where I have to interact with other people if I don't want to. Hmm. I get that. Yeah. I would have, I would have conditions as well on, in terms of the space. I'd be concerned about personal space. Yeah. Like, are there hours for this? Like when you go to an RV (laughs) park, like they're like no generator from this time to this time, you know, like, is there, would that apply in one of these? one of these communities, like you leave people alone during these hours to these hours. Cause that would be odd. Me, I don't want someone knocking on my door like randomly whenever they think it's okay. No, that's not never going to be okay with me. (laughs) Don't show up at my door unless it's an emergency. (laughs) Then that's obviously okay. See, I like, I don't ever need alone time. Like I'm totally happy to be with, that would not bother me at all. Someone knock on my door be like, come on in, let's hang out. Like I love, I love people like I love to like be around people. So like my last living situation was a five bedroom house and we had four adults in there and like three kids sometimes. And none of the adults needed to like have roommates. Like we all had jobs where we were totally like financial secure and all that. We chose it and we called it like team living. And it was really nice because you had like a built in like social like I I lived alone like straight up alone no roommate because so when I was in college I had 
really shitty roommates, like, traumatized me. So I was terrified to live with roommates. So I lived alone for seven years. Like, I literally, people were, like, having sex in my bed and stuff in college. Like, it was awful. I felt so violated. So I was like, I'm never having roommates again. I'm either going to live alone or I'm going to live with, like, my future husband. I'm like, that's it. And so I did. I lived alone for, like, seven years. I had this cute little place right by the beach. But there were times where I was so lonely. And what I realized now is like, I would never want to live alone again because having roommates and other people that I lived with, there was always someone to chat with. And for me personally, I need that. Like my my sister though, she's like, fuck that. I want like my own house. But she's got like three kids and everyone's like up her ass all the time. So like, I. but I feel like for me, like, and with the roommate situation that we had, you know, Two of us had dogs, so we would help watch each other's dogs. Like, I had just felt like there was so much more freedom. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, like, applying that to kids. Like, if you really did have a village helping you raise your kids, how much more of, like, I don't know, like, a human you would feel. Like, like you could go and get your nails done because, like, there's another woman there that can, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- like, I'll take the kids for an hour and just— what that would make possible. I think it'd be pretty cool. That's the whole point, I think, of the communal living. Yeah. Because, yeah, raising children and being in a marriage and working, too, for women nowadays, Mm -hmm. you don't always want to go home and cook. But what if you knew in your community that you only cook two nights a week, and for those other five nights, your kids could get real home-cooked, good-for-them food Mm -hmm. made by the other women? Yeah. And I don't think you'd, like, associate or be in each other's space constantly, maybe just like a communal kitchen, a communal living room, and then you have your own house with your own little kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so it's really more about supporting each other in these communal, you know, if if your parents aren't close by, but you really want your kids to have the experience of being with older people, maybe somebody in your community, your commune basically, is older. And now you they have this grandparent kind of, you know, someone else, yeah, inspiring your kids. Someone else, yeah, having your back. Like if you having a hard day and your kids are just making you crazy or you had a fight with your husband, you can just go to somebody and say, can you watch my kids? And then you can go two doors down. You go, I need to talk to you about what happened. Yeah. So this social, social kind of, a support system is not what we create in regular society anymore, especially because families live far apart. People are sometimes working somewhere else too, not even at home. Husbands have to go away. Wives have to go away on business trips. So I think that structure is really about community support. And you have to be willing to want to participate in that and be there for other people too. And still be able to have boundaries and have your own privacy. I think that's the ultimate. I think it does too in these it makes a difference when you have friends and family. Like you're you're speaking like we care for each other. I think living in a community where maybe you have no relatedness to anybody and you're meeting people for the first time, this to me seems awkward. However, our mutual best friend Tamiko mm-hmm. has enrolled me in this idea of a commune, similar style situation here. Since I think the first year I was friends with her, and I've always been like, hell yeah, I'd be down to hot live on an amazing property, big lot, you know, with a sustainable community with all my family and friends. 
That sounds cool. I'm just saying the property, the grounds, it needs to be like the Ritz-Carlton Four Seasons status. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want no shack. Like, let's make this really modern and bougie as possible. Um, I also love property, and I've dreamt of, like, certain house styles that I've wanted. Like, my own private pool, Katie. There's definitely, that's that's in my vision of my future house. Like, I'd love to build a house and design a dream backyard. So for, for me, because there's there's those as, those desires, uh, sustainable community would only really work if like I can still create my vision for my home that I am envisioning. Um, I'm all about though having like being able to get support from your neighbors. And I think you'd make friends with people if you didn't know them, but having like knowing if I had you girls on like the same ginormous like 20 acre lot commune, that's badass. Yeah. Right. People I don't know. I don't know. That that could be creepy real quick. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. Clit Talk is now on Patreon. If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like, we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no sugar. We can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. We could take this, like, community support. Let's take this community support thing to, like, a whole other level. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, Uh Okay, do you remember the time when Selma Hayek breastfed another woman's baby mm-hmm. on the, univer- the the UNICEF trip to Sierra yeah, Leone. Yes. This it's the story like really shocked a lot of people in the United States. But the reality is that community breastfeeding was pretty typical in various tribal cultures around the world. And apparently, there's like tons of benefits for the little ones, like strengthening their immune systems by taking in a diverse range of antibodies, like from different people's breast milk. Hmm. So, what do you guys, what do you guys think about like coming back to that? Like, like, would you be into community breastfeeding if it became a thing again? So I'm not into living with other people, but this, for some reason, I'm like, <laughs> this sounds like it could be good because there are health benefits. So these people, they're called cross-nursers or there's wet nurses and there's actually um, breast milk banks that are regulated for... Um, Mothers who either don't produce enough milk, actually, they get them last, but it's for babies who are adopted mm-hmm. and, you know, the the mother doesn't produce milk, she didn't, or a surrogacy, so the baby can still get breast milk. Oh, yeah. And um, I actually 
this first came on my scope when I had this patient who she was real hippy dippy. <laughs> and so when she mentioned it, I was kind of like, I don't know about that because her sister and her had kids around the same time. So that's the other thing is like your breast milk over changes over time. Mm. Like the baby needs certain nutrients from your breast milk as it ages and your breast milk kind of goes along with that. Um, and if, as long as the other woman is healthy, you know, doesn't, it is screened, like there, there's, it's still a bodily fluid. So any like HIV, obviously you would have to check for all of those things. But as long as the other mother is clean, they really get a lot of, um, extra antibodies that increase their immune system. And I'd be down for that. <laughs> like with that, like if you and me had babies at the same time, be like, okay, swap Katie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's really for the savvy mom. I don't think it's like such a hippie mom. It's like moms who work and moms who, um, I don't know. I, I just think that if it's extra nutrition and it helps the other mom out and you help the other mom out, then it's not such a bad thing. So thinking about having another mother hold my child and breastfeed them really bothers me. This is this is why it's controversial because of the emotional attack. It's definitely a controversial that's, topic. So that's yeah. why I would be a no. Yeah. Is a lot of women are because of that. Because I want to connect with my child and I could just imagine watching somebody else breastfeed my child and just getting jealous. Yeah. I'm like, don't touch my baby. It's my baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would like be like, can I just hire you the entire time? Can you just <laughs> breastfeed my child the entire time? Because I'm so afraid. I mean, you guys, I'm afraid of even like being pregnant and delivering a kid and like then not being able to have sex for six weeks. That scares me. And then breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is one of the scariest of all the things to me. I'm so excited for that part of it. I don't know why. I yeah. uh, you know they actually did yeah. that ba- back in the days like royalty like back China in, yeah for sure yeah well, wet nurses yeah yeah they totally like mm-hmm. the uh, royalty like the queen it was not it was beneath her to breastfeed her own child mm. so they would have wet nurses which is like a woman who worked for the kingdom or whatever and who just she had, had a baby who had just had a baby mm-hmm. so she was producing milk so here's the thing that's also crazy about breastfeeding as long as you're um producing as long as you're no as long as there's something like you know a baby second on it or you know pump or something as long as you're like extracting the milk you can produce milk for years so something yeah like as long as there's like as like every woman's different but there are women that like like if you keep taking the milk out the milk will keep getting produced so these wet nurses would like take like breastfeed the royal babies so they were never getting their own mother's milk because it was beneath the royalty to breastfeed isn't that crazy? Well, no, well since I am the one that has actually done the breastfeeding, <laughs> the only one in this, in this the only one for two kids, uh, there is a real bonding that happens. There's when you're breastfeeding, you're basically holding your kid so that when you look down at them. Whenever you look down, the majority of the time, the baby is looking at you. So it's really a time to be relaxed and look in each other's eyes and create that deep bond. That's, that's part of breastfeeding. It's not just put them on the tit and then, you know, go ahead and get on your cell phone and look at your Instagram. No, that's not what breastfeeding is about. That 
part of providing the nutrition is also the spiritual and emotional nutrition that you're doing. And that's why, you know, when you're holding them, that's how it is. Yeah, that's why I say I wouldn't want anybody else touching my baby because I want to have that bonding experience. And they also say, even though I haven't had children myself, my dad is an OBGYN, and when you're naked breastfeeding, have your child be naked, you're naked, skin to skin, skin so that that bonding is extra locked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that the breast milk donation is a really beautiful thing. Like there, I know that there are some women out there who are overproducers and so they donate their milk. And I think for situations like surrogacy or adoption or, you know, different things like that, for that child to have the opportunity to have breast milk, because I think it is really important that there's so much that babies get from breast milk. I think that's really beautiful, but yeah, I don't know. And at the same time, <laughs> women who can't breastfeed, yeah. they just can't produce. Mm. You know, I think love and a very, as much as possible, uh, without stress growing up, without like intense, like parents fighting or financial worries and all that stuff, even without all the antibodies from the breast milk, I still think the kid can grow up to be pretty healthy person. Oh, of course, sure. I was on formula. There's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. just for, just for, you know, parents who want their kids to have breast milk, it, yeah, it's it's an option. And this is actually how they used to do this back in the day of, um, you know, when everyone was doing community living, is they would do the breast milk sharing as well. And sugar, just so you know, when you breastfeed, it burns like six hundred calories, like per feeding. So you actually drop weight. Didn't happen to me. Didn't happen to me. Happened to all my girlfriends. Didn't happen to me. I'll let you know if it happens for me. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I was all bummed out that it didn't happen because I read the same thing. Everyone I've seen is like they don't work out and they just drop the weight. I didn't lose weight till after I stopped breastfeeding. So we're talking a lot about babies. Let's let's talk about the elderly folks in, in this concept of community. So, what's your plan if if your parents are still with us? Like. What's your plan for taking care of your parents when they can't take care of themselves anymore? Well, and this comes from the community living conversation, right? It's like the elderly people, like everyone lived together. So Mm -hmm. everyone was taken care of. And that's like not, at least in the United States, culturally, the world we really live in anymore, at least in my experience. Well, I I think about like, you know, (laughs) Matt legit tried to like convince my family to go live on like a piece of land. And I was thinking about it and... You know, if me and my sisters are all spread out when our parents get older, it's like, what do you do? You put them in a home or they come to live with one of you and that burden is on, on that one child. But if you're all on the same piece of land, you could all be really taking turns helping take care of your parents and it would really be a community effort as well. So I think that really appeals to me because then it's not, I don't want my parents to live in like a nursing home. I think it would be really amazing that the family could come together and all take care of not only the children, but also like your parents when that time came as well. That sounds really beautiful to me. Even if they are in a nursing home, because there are really nice facilities, you still oftentimes need the extra help. So you can still be involved in their care and not have to do everything for parents who are older and they can't, you know, clean themselves or they can't do anything for themselves really anymore. Take their medication. Take their medication properly. They're at risk to fall. Like they need someone with them all the time. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to like 
bash nursing homes because there are they are like it does take a community around an elderly person to really make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah, so no, family- my, my uncle's 85 and his wife, my aunt, passed away maybe like eight or nine years ago and he was living alone. He was really lonely. And I know that this is like a, a newer concept and a trend too where, um, you know, elder care called like co-housing where like the seniors will have like their own home but shared like community spaces. And so he actually just moved into something like that and it's really, he's way happier. He was, now he's like, he actually said, he's like, he's like, I'm dating this 88 year old woman. He's like, I like the older women. I love wow. it though. That's so yeah. fun. He's dating again. He's like really happy. Yeah. Yeah. The increase in STD, the age range is uh, elderly folks. <laughs> they're, like, yeah. right, they're all fucking each other. Right, right. They know they can't get pregnant. They're not dead yet. So they're yeah. not protecting themselves. Oh, That's man. for sure. I hope I'm fucking till I'm 90. You, know, you for, will be. For me personally, I keep it really um, clear with my daughters that I have no expectations mm-hmm. of them taking care of me when I'm older. I don't want them to have that burden. And that because I've lived a full life already, that I wouldn't want to create any kind of um, kind of rupture in their dynamics of their family by coming in. So I would prefer to be in a home or somewhere that's not with my family. You, you, you want that independence. Uh, yeah, unless yeah. I really felt like I could really be of service to them and they really did need me to mm. be there, I certainly want, wouldn't want to infringe on their life and their process. Yeah. So the question was, is what's your plan for taking care of your parents when they can't take care of themselves anymore? So my parents and my in-laws joke about this. But (laughs) I'm the Uh nurse in the family, and I'm going to end up managing all of their care and, like, telling all the siblings to, you know, do their thing. But one (laughs) wants to stay in Michigan, one wants to stay in Tahoe. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You guys are going to be in L.A., so find a nice place where you would like to go, and you will be taken care of. Find a place with an ocean view. I'll make sure that you have all the weed that you want. Like, you're taking care of. Like, you guys will all be in the same place. Invite your friends and roll them to come out to Los Angeles. You know, like actually creating some sort of community for them to look forward to. And, you know, there's these communities where they can go to before they're too old, you know, so they're not just in a home all of a sudden because they can't do anything for themselves. It's more of a progression where. There's people who are in their 80s who are still like playing tennis and there's golf carts and there's obviously people monitoring all of them. Yeah, I was really lucky when my mother got sick and it was at 60. So it's still fairly, fairly young, you know. And because we already had an established community, my, my, my mom was a long time practicing Buddhist and myself as well, that almost... Every day when she would sit, was sick, uh, half a dozen people would come. Mm. And they would spend time with her so that I could clean up the house. Or, um, you know, they would just come and inspire her and encourage her and chant with her. And we had a community. And that's really, really helpful when you're going through something really hard so you don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. So it's not just how do you take care of your parents when they get old and they need a place to stay, but how do you take care of them when they get sick too? And again, the community is vital. So whether you live in a commune, 
or you live separately, this creating community is really what's most important, I think. Absolutely. I want to live on a compound. I do. I don't want to live on a compound, (laughs) but I do want to have community. Yeah. I really want to have community, too. Right now, I'm witnessing my grandma, 85, and she's in Palm Springs at a senior living home, and it's beautiful. It feels like a resort, but she's just— kind of one of those older people that's miserable like all the time Mm. like only really talks about what sucks and the physical issues and her diarrhea and like it's a joy to call my grandmother (laughs) (laughs) I mean even when Tamiko's talking about like not wanting to be a burden on her daughters I'm kind of like well Tamiko you're totally cool because we got you you know because like this is a community (laughs) like I'll just add you to my list of people Thank you so much. Not you know, Sugar <laughs> always says that to me, too. I, when you get old, you're going to come live with me. My, young, <laughs> my younger daughter always says, I'm going to have a guest house, Mom. You can live there. So Yeah. yeah. I, I, feel, I feel good about wherever I go when I get older. And even if I go to a dumpy-ass nursing home, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to find me a cute boy. Yeah. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Probably so or maybe at boy. that point, you'll be other girls. No. Lizzie. <laughs> No, definitely not by that age. Definitely, definitely. definitely. Is she gonna close out on me right now? I don't know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> so much. I would never put my parents in a nursing home. That's just not even in my realm of poss- uh, possibilities. It's putting your parents in a nursing home is to me is an American thing. Um, what is my, your what is your culture? My, we're Middle Eastern. My parents are from Iran, and. I think I think my grandmother, somebody in our family, put someone in a, a, a nursing home, and everybody was talking shit. I mean, was, <laughs> your like, face right now is like of disgust. I just remember I was like, it was bad. They are just how could you do wow. that to your parents? So for us, it's not go? even. I don't know where they went. Where they they weren't in one of her the family's homes, so they went to they went happened. to a nursing home. Yeah, some Persian person <laughs> put their parents in a nursing home, and everybody was talking about it like it's very taboo. And yeah, how about my situation with my dad with dementia and needing like care in terms of medicine and things like that? Would that be okay, or do Persians really believe that they should do it all inside the house? Because I guess you could hire a nurse they, to come into the house. Do. That's what mm-hmm. my grandmother, my great grandmother, was um, had Alzheimer's and she couldn't move by herself at one point. So you hire nurses and they come in and they take care of them, but you do not send your parents away. It's a big form of disrespect in our culture. My my mom always That's, said if I ever sent, she's like, she would rather die than live in a nursing home. She's oh like, just kill me. She's like, don't you ever put me in a nursing home. Well, state state oh. facilities can be really bad. They yeah. are, yeah. Um, but there are really nice nursing homes. There are really, my, my, the one my grandma lives They're in like resorts. They literally are. Sorry. Well, they have like active living centers too for people that look like kind of like college. It looks kind of fun. I'm like, yeah, I could do, I could like, do that. There's like activities like the and like dances and yeah, all sorts of group, stuff. Group things. Group, yeah. group sex, old people sex parties. <laughs> group sex. I don't know about that. <laughs> but maybe. Gross. But Melody Willow's, a, her face is like, hell no. Yeah. I would never. It's literally, it's like disrespectful. It's a dishonor. And, yeah, it's yeah. a dishonor. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of cultures have that. Some Asian cultures, some Hispanic cultures, this idea of putting your parents away is the worst thing. I don't know if it's the worst thing. I think it's case by case. I think it's what the parent feels. It's what the kids feel. It's the situation of each party. And then you can make the best decision. But in the end of it, no one should feel guilty or obligated to do anything in this Mm -hmm. lifetime. You know? Yeah. You're always dropping that big W on us. I love giving. I love that you're told your children. I love the fact that you're speaking to your you speaking to your parents and asking them, giving them a choice. Mother, father, what would you like? Is this what you want? So that way you could still honor them by honoring their choice. If my parents wanted to go to a nursing home, I wouldn't say no, 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 but they wouldn't want to. You know, it's because my philosophy as a parent is that you're raising them so at some point when they get into adulthood, they can fly and have their own life experience. If I'm going to turn around and still tell them, hey, hey, now I took care of you, now you got to take care of me, I don't feel like my mission was accomplished. My mission is to send them off and let them fly, not about returning the favor. If that's what happens and they want to do it and I'm good with it, that's cool. But at the end of the day, as a parent, I just don't have that philosophy. In in Jewish culture, I'm just realizing right now, like it is the exact opposite. It's it's oh, I I took care of you. I provided you a good life. I sent you to college. You you're gonna take care of me. So much that expectation, like that Jewish guilt shit. Like I'm doing it as a granddaughter. It's not even my mom. It's my grandma. But she didn't have a daughter, so I'm like, there's my dad, and there's me. And the expectation is like I'm her kid. I'm going to take care. I'm going to make sure she's visited and attended to. I don't know if that's just a Jewish thing. I I mean, I'm Catholic, but like there's definitely that obligation. Like I would never think that I wouldn't be part of my parents' care, particularly because I'm a nurse. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be the one who's going to be managing their care for sure. But I would also want to because I don't want them not being taken care of. That That would make me upset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well— this has been an interesting conversation. Yeah, really, really interesting. <laughs> I, think, been I, think, I think what we've all learned is that we're going to go live on a compound together, and Katie's going to be very happy about it. I'm going to be the grumpy lady her, saying, like, don't dream, come on my lawn. It's her dream to come true to just live on a commune with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but this is interesting. And um, we will let you guys know when the Clit Talk compound opens in 2020, and you guys can all come visit us, all right? All right. For our live event. For our live event. All right, we're out. <laughs> Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. uh, It's very much appreciated. And thank you.